Hello, you're very welcome to another episode here on the League of Ireland podcast with FinalWhistle.ie. I'm Kieran Callum. I'm delighted that you've joined with me once again. Here's who we have on this evening's show. We've got Mikey Rowe from Galway and Ida who'll be talking to us about life here in Ireland and over in the United States as he played over there and also studied. Later on the programme, we'll be talking to Luke Byrne of Shelburne Football Club. Final was the .e correspondent Dermot Carney will be on to us and we'll also have an exclusive interview with Promise Amacheri of Bohemians who spoke to Sean Crosby of um, Final Wrestle.ie there last week. We'll also be having a comprehensive review and review of last week's fixtures and this week's fixtures coming up. So stay tuned to a very good programme. Coming up next is Mikey Rowe of Galway United. I'm delighted to be joined by Galway United's Mikey Rowe. Mikey, you're very welcome to the programme. Cheers, Karen. Thanks for having me on. No problem. You you got a bit of a last minute call, but we're delighted to have you. Um, and it's going to hopefully uh, we won't be too taxing on you. First of all, uh, with a game in hand, you're in second place in the first division. That's exactly where Galway United wanted to be at this stage of the season. Yeah, I think, look, especially this season, Karen, after. We probably had a bit of a slow start last year. It was important for us to to hit the ground running. So look, yeah, obviously we're we're happy with the start, but it's it's a really really long league. So there's there's no point kind of looking into it too much at this stage. Um, you've already had a big result down in Turner's Cross, a packed Turner's Cross. I think there was over five thousand people there, followed by a draw against Waterford United in uh, Terryland Park. I mean, you know. There's been a lot of talk about the supposed big three or big four that is that's in the league this year. But to get two big results against those two sides, it would have been very, very important. Yeah, definitely. Look, especially look, we we looked at our fixtures, I suppose, for the the first two weeks, and and we had obviously Cork away and and Watford at home, and and you can't afford to, I suppose, slip up even if it is that early. So, look, it, as you said, there were two important results, and looked a big crowd down in Turner's Cross. There was a big crowd. Um, at two of our home games and look that's great for the league as well you've kind of continued that momentum you've gotten results against Bray Wanderers and Treaty United that's where gets you into second place you know it's all well and good getting the results against the big teams but you have to play just what's in front of you and Treaty United they were in the playoffs last year Bray Wanderers under a new kind of structure they've got an exciting project coming along but you just kept your momentum going really yeah, I mean, look, we, we knew how good Treaty were. We knew how good Bray were. Obviously, you know, Bray done us in the playoffs last year. So, look, there, there is no easy games in the league. And I, I suppose that's cliche. But, look, you've, you've got a lot of a lot of tough away games. And, and anyone that comes to in DC wants, wants to have a cut off us. So, um, yeah, there genuinely is no easy games. And, and obviously, we've, we've got to keep, keep that momentum going, I suppose. Show me age there at Damon DC Park, and I called it Terryland, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get over that. But just something that you you kind of touched on there, like I mean, I've said this to other guests and that that are first division um players this season. Like it's it's probably the most competitive and most exciting season in the first division. I know that sometimes it gets a bad rap and things like that, but there really isn't a tough like like it's a tough tough season this year. Yeah, no, look, I think. Just about every team in the league strengthened, you know, and then obviously with Waterford coming down, Longford coming down, you know, you you probably didn't expect two teams to come down out of the Premier, but you know the fact that just two teams from last year's Premier Division in the league, along with another another couple of really good sides, is is um I suppose it shows the strength of the league, and I think that that can only be good for the league as a whole. 
and in relation just to the playoff loss that you had to Bray Wanderers, it's it's it really is a cruel way because you're you're almost touching distance and in, in, in locking up promotion and then it's taken away from you in the blink of an eye, like. Yeah, look, I suppose when when you come down to playoff football, it's it it really is cup knockout football. Anything can happen, and to be fair, last season we even if we we felt we may have been the better team, you know, we didn't take our chances. So you know, fair play to Bray, they scored with what was probably the one real moment of quality over the two ties. So um, that's what it comes down to in this league, I suppose, is is small margins. John Caulfield has come in as manager of the club. Um, he's completely from from only from speaking to to people involved in the club that he's he's really kind of put structures in place. He's won a league title. He's won and he's won two two FEI cups. If memory serves me right, um, as a manager, you know, I I I haven't spoken to him, so I can't say I can make a judgment on him. But how have you found working under John Caulfield? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Look, I, I think the the key word you alluded to there is structure. He puts a structure in place from from top to bottom in all aspects. That you know, it, it's such a professional environment, and I think that's a big reason why so many players you know enjoy working under him. Um, <clears throat> you know, we come in every day, and and everything's in place for us to to improve and, and get better individually and as a team. So, look, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Um, go away. You know, from from my experience of being there as a, as a both a reporter and a supporter, you know, it's a, it's a very passionate city. It's a real sporting city, with the fact you've got the GA and you've got the hurling, and then um you also have Connacht also around Connacht rugby also around there as well. Like it's a real hotbed. It's such a shame that in some respects that the football club is kind of behind them a little bit in the first division. It really does deserve Premier Division football in some respects. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Look, it's, I suppose, since I've come here at the start of last season, you know, obviously we didn't have fans for for the first part of the season. And I think that's probably why, you know, we may have struggled a bit since the fans came back in. You know, they're, they're such a help to us and they probably don't even know uh, how much of an impact they have. But look, it's it's a fantastic city. You know, we're um, we're backed all the way by the fans. And, and as you said, look, we want it for, for them as much of our, as ourselves to you know, get all the way back to the Premier Division. I just read up on you before you came here. You you spent, you were just say, talking to us offline, you spent something up of five years um, away in the United States. Uh, obviously a soccer scholarship to start and then you played in the USL. How did the soccer scholarship, first of all, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, correct me, but how did the soccer scholarship come about? Look, I, I was playing for Watford um, 19s and then in the first division at the time and um Look, I probably didn't realise how how big the gap between 19s and first team football was, and okay. and obviously in Ireland there's not, you know, there's not much much leeway if you don't jump straight from 19s into playing first team. So, look, it came about there was there was a few of my mates going at the time to to Texas, and um, you know, one of the scholarship consultants that were was getting them over, you know, got in touch, and, and I just jumped at it. Really, it's not something I thought I ever would have done, but you know, it was kind of. It was do or die then at that stage because you know I didn't want to be another one of these players that that plays first team football for a bit and then just falls off. You know I wanted to sustain a career, which which I'm lucky I made the move. I suppose you could say. So you not only that, but you got your education, which I think from speaking to Luke Byrne as well, in in relation to this, that it's 
it's so important nowadays to get you know as well as playing your football that you do look at your education because it's such a finite line line in life that you know you only have so much of playing at a high level before unfortunately time catches up on you yeah definitely look i think that was looking back on it look the football is great and stuff but that was you know probably even more important in in a greater context it was um because i was in wit at the time in ireland and Look, education probably wasn't for me at the time, but look, I went over there and I was put in a position where, you know, you either keep up in your studies or, you know, you can't play football. That's just the way the structure is over there. So I suppose I kind of needed that little extra incentive. And, you know, I'm delighted I did now because, you know, I've got a business degree in my back pocket. So, you know, whenever I am done playing, at least I have something to fall back on. And you continued after you got your degree, you went and played in the in the American football structure. I know that there's a lot of talk about you know, the MLS and their recruitment process, but you got to play in the USL. Yeah, no, that was, that was, you know, a great experience. I think that was my goal from from the time I went over there to get into the USL. And, you know, I played in it for two years and, you know, it was excellent. It's, it's so, so professional. And some of the people involved at, at the club I was at were, were just fantastic. So, you know, that's an experience I suppose I'll never forget. <clears throat> I was looking at you know, one player who did play in the USL was Paddy Barrett and like Nippert Stadium, it's jam-packed and then you can go to another ground where there's only two men and a dog looking at you. It's it's massive contrasts, really. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Look, some of the clubs have man and then, you know, a lot of the other clubs in the USL are are two sides, which are, are MLS two sides, I suppose. So, look, you had Orlando B and... Nobody really wants to go watch Orlando V when Orlando City are playing, you know, in the MLS. So it's a massive contrast for sure. And um, just in relation to coming back to next this week, you're away to Athlone Town. Um, probably the maybe the closest game that you'll have in the league, but it's not an easy tie, even despite their results. No, look, we went to Athlone twice last season and, and lost both times. So. Look, it, it's a huge game for us because, you know, I suppose we want to put that right, but it's, it's never easy going to that loan. And, um, you know, we went there early in the season last year, lost, and then we were actually flying at the time we went there and they, they turned us over again. So, you know, it's going to be really difficult. And just finally, um, I, I always ask this to, to players, like I know we're only five to six games in into the season, but... For you yourself, what are your personal aspirations for the season coming? Um, what are your main targets? I think you know anyone involved in this squad wants to to get Galway back to the Premier Division, and however we do that, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Obviously, you know personally, I want to I suppose add more more goals and assists to my game, but I, I, that can only help us really. But yeah, look, our our sole focus is is getting this club back to the Premier. Listen, Mikey, thanks very much for talking to us this evening. Um, I know the lads are cooking you dinner at the moment, so you have to get to the hat and uh, more, more important matters. But listen, best of luck this weekend and hopefully we'll speak to you at some stage during the course of the year. No worries, Karen. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mikey. Bye-bye. And that was Mikey Rowe Colby and I. So thanks very much for him for speaking to us. Coming up next is an exclusive interview uh, taken by Sean Crosby of FinalWhistle.ie, who spoke to Promise Amacheri of uh, Bohemians following their draw against Shelburne on Friday uh, on Monday night, rather, which was a one-all draw with spectacular colour and atmosphere. And here's how that interview went. What's your first kind of immediate reactions from today's result? Disappointed. 
thought um, we weren't great, but I thought we probably had enough chances or um, probably one or two opportunities where we could have probably got a goal or even just disappointed with the red card and going down with 10 men and not getting a, a win here at home. Um, yeah, just kind of disappointed. Thought we could have probably done a bit more. Um, what do you think could have been done differently then today to get that win? I don't know. We just we didn't break them down enough. They, they were they were solid at the back, solid defensively, and we didn't we didn't defend the goal well enough either. And just ascending off as well, like it could have been avoided. So I think all them things could have been prevented. Um, just thinking about because obviously he's playing on Friday and then. Uh, coming into this game today, did that kind of quick turnover? That does that affect your performance? Or? I don't think it. Like, it's not only us that have to do the quick turnover; it's the whole league that has to do the quick turnover. So um, I don't think that's an excuse or for our performance. Like that. I don't think that's a valid reason. I just think that we just have to be better in situations and um, create more chances, defend better sometimes. So I don't think that's a, a excuse now. Obviously, coming to like a game like tonight, it obviously means a lot to the players and certainly like the fans. And uh, it was something actually that Damien Duff said during the week about his players about sometimes you can be too eager and stuff like that. And how did you prepare during the week, kind of to be motivated but not kind of lose lose the cool almost? Yeah, it's tough. Obviously, after Friday, Monday it's a big turnaround, so it's more of recovery after a game on Friday against a robust team and big pitch. So we'd have ran a lot as well, so. It's, Preparation would be hindered a bit. We don't have a full week to pre prepare, but it's a Dublin derby at the end of the day. You're going to be up for it no matter what. And so, just disappointed we didn't get the three points for the fans and for ourselves. And just finally, on the fans, obviously it's probably one of the more most intimidating grounds to come to uh, in the League of Ireland. What, like, what, how much do the fans kind of impact your performance? What does it feel like to play in front of a full house like what tonight? Yeah, there's no, it's no fans like both fans best in the league in my opinion so it's they every game you want to play for them as much as for ourselves you want to get results for them because um, they're behind us we lose a draw every time they're they're a great um, great um, bunch of fans so it's great playing in front of them every week and a privilege to be able to be involved in playing in front of them so just disappointed we couldn't get a result for them I'm delighted to be joined by our next guest is Shelburne defender Luke Byrne. Luke, thanks very much and you're very welcome to the programme. Hey, Kieran. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Luke, we'll just get straight into it. Uh, two draws and a win from your first uh, six games in the league this season. For a promoted side, that's not really that bad at all. No, look, um, you know, six points isn't a, isn't a terrible return from six games. Um We've had some good performances. Um, I think the majority of games we've played well. You know, even the games we've lost, we haven't been, I don't think, outplayed. And there's been positives to take from them. Um, to be honest, the overriding feeling is that we've, you know, we've left points behind, and we probably should have a better points total. Um, but the, the last three games, you know, I think our performances have been improving um, with each game. So we'll be looking to bring that into Friday night. The two draws that the last two previous performances, it was a draw against Bohemians and a draw against Ndok, two games that were very, very tough contests for you, you know, back to back. But, you know, Dundalk and Bohemians have traditionally been teams that have been at the top of the league in the past number of years. So for you to get draws, and particularly, I know from speaking from experience from watching the Dundalk game, that coming back from, from conceding a goal, that's very important for a team like Shelburne who have just gotten promoted. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it helps create belief. You know, um, that we can compete with those teams that have been up around the top of the table. Um, we've definitely come away from the weekend knowing that we can match any team in the league and we can take points off anybody. Um, but like I said, that the actual the feeling off the back of the weekend is that we should have more points. You know, we should should certainly have four. I think, um, given the manner in which we we conceded so late against Bowles. Um, but there were two very tough games, physical games, and. Um, Look, if, if we beat Finn Harps on Friday, five points from a week isn't a bad return. I want to go back to last season, um, if, I, if not even going back the season before that. Um, you were unfortunately relegated through the, the promotion relegation playoff against Longford. And that was a very, very tough day for the club all round. But how important was it for you to stick with the club after the relegation to go for that push, to go for that drive under... Um, former manager Ian Morris to get the side promoted back into the Premier Division because, in my personal opinion, from from growing up watching League of Ireland, Shelburne are a club that really does deserve to be in the Premier Division. Yeah, look, that, that a lot of people would say that, Kieran. Um, but the reality is, we were relegated because in twenty twenty we weren't good enough, you know, and the league table doesn't lie. And um, in terms of staying with the club, like it's a club that put a lot of faith in me when, when I was at a low point a few years ago when I was injured and I left Shamrock Rovers. And it's a club I you know really enjoyed every minute I've been there. Even the year we got relegated, there was some there was some real highs and um I felt I had an opportunity to repay the faith in the club by by sticking around when we got relegated. And to be honest, it was never um even a decision for me to make. I knew I'd be staying. I spoke to the manager at the time, Ian, um very soon after that playoff defeat and um he was someone I had a, a lot of respect for and I enjoyed working with and um he wanted to keep me around and I wanted to keep working with him and playing for the football club and thankfully last year we we you know um got promoted won the league and got the the club back to where we all feel it belongs it really is a sleeping giant in Irish football when you see the crowds that are at the games now at the moment even the crowds and when you were in the first division there really is a sense of that Shelburne are one of those, you know, kind of clubs that can only go up in an ascendancy. Yeah, it's a massive club. Um, it's, you know, steeped in tradition. It's won a lot of titles. Um, Talca Park is obviously like a, a really famous football and, you know, hotbed in Ireland. And um, there's been some amazing players who have played for the club. So, you know, when you sign for Shells that you, you're becoming a part of that tradition. And, um like you said, you know, some people have called it a sleeping giant. Um, our manager has called it a giant, and I agree with him. It's um, it's it's a huge football club. We we feel that we belong at the top table of Irish football, but we know we've just been promoted, and as a team, we've got to keep improving, keep growing. Um, because you can see off the field that the club is making great strides, and, and it's certainly kind of re-establishing itself as a as a force. Wanna. Go on to your manager, Damien Duff. I know that there has been a lot of attention placed on him since he's arrived in as manager. There's been a lot of kind of media attention. And even from speaking to him um, or, or speaking at the press conference on Friday, you know, he's already seen that he says that he's learning and developing every week. But you you working with him behind the scenes, what has Damien brought that is it is it just, I wouldn't say it's just his enigma, but obviously his experience that he's had from working under top managers, is he starting to transcend that into what he's looking for with you guys at Chelsea? 
Yeah, look, I think it's been very clear from day one what um, his style of management would be with us, what his style of play and his philosophy is around the game. Um, and that's been very clear from day one. Um, look, we're all really enjoying it. He's putting demands on us and he's putting expectancy on us and he's instilling that belief in us that we're good players and that we can win to any game and expect to win and that that's what he demands and that's what we're we're aspiring to, to reach, you know. Um, we don't want to come up, be promoted and just be happy to be a promoted team who, who you know, picks up points here and there and maybe goes into games playing for draws or anything like that. You know, it's um, we go out with belief, we go out with a game plan and, and trying to win games. And that comes from um, the belief he puts on puts in us and the demands he expects us to reach. In relation to, um, you, I know that you played for Shamrock Rovers, but Joey O'Brien has arrived in as an assistant manager, a, a player steeped in, you know, so much experience playing in the Premier League and has, and has won plenty of honours. I, I only know him as a player. Um, that's just being honest with you. You've probably known him as a player and a coach. How has he transitioned into that coaching role and what does he bring to the table with Damien? Yeah, look, I obviously played with Joey um, at Shamrock Rovers and I would have done my UEFA B licence with him and I'm currently on my UEFA A licence with him. So I've seen him in a coaching environment, um, but it's been seamless for him, you know. Um, he's he's obviously hung up the boots at the very end of last season and within weeks he was on the training pitch with us and it's quite incredible really how quickly he took to it and, and how smoothly he's transitioned. Um, he's an amazing... Uh, you know, character and personality, he's, he's achieved so much in the game and he's got incredibly high standards and a lot of drive and he's um, meticulous in his preparation and his detail as a coach. And it's something that, you know, us as a team, we're all learning from and um, particularly myself as a defender, I'm taking an awful lot from him every day. Just something that I picked up on there, you're doing your UEFA A licence. That seems to be a more common trend now within the League of Ireland players that they're going and they're looking at their their coaching badges. Not only does it bring the education aspect of things, but it's kind of given them a pathway for post, you know, post their careers. It is an important aspect that, you know, people need to look at that, you know, education both in coaching and in and just outside is is still very important when it comes to football in Ireland. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's, you know, the model that most young players when they um you know, come into the League of Ireland should be should be trying to, to go down. Um, like personally, I went to college a little bit later. Um, I went into full time football when I left school, did a false course, but I stayed in um education on and off doing you know night courses, and then I um went to DBS and did a degree in the evenings, and um I've combined that with my coaching, and you know it's something you'll hear ex pros say like you don't um you know you don't make Premier League money in this league, it's not money you retire on and live the rest of your life on. So you've got to have an eye on what happens when you retire. And um, for me personally, it's um, I'm trying to combine, you know, my sporting career with um, my, you know, my business degree mm -hmm. and the, the, my day job. So, um, yeah, look, it can, it can be tough and maybe that puts younger players off, you know, the, the, having to try and juggle commitments. But um it is it is important the earlier you start kind of having an eye on after your career um i suppose you, you'll be in better stead when you do hang the boots up and just go and going to wrap up with a couple of questions here um i know there's been i i, I don't want to kind of pin your collar on anything or or make you put an opinion but 
the save Talca Park, obviously Talca Park, as we spoke earlier on, it's a it's a mecca of 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 Irish football. It's had so many good memories. I do think that it's important that as a ground, you can see like just just from being there last week, uh, the atmosphere and and even the small improvements that the, that has happened at the ground. It would be a shame to lose it, but you understand also that there needs to be improvements made to it as well. Yeah, look, um, you know, obviously it seems to be quite up in the air at the moment. I'm not speaking from a position of knowledge here. Um, yeah. It's not something that, you know, us as players are informed on, and nor should it be. It's, you know, it's for the, the club and the Save Talk Park campaign to, to discuss it. Um, but, like, you know, us as players, we're honoured to play for Shelburne. We get to wear the jersey. It's, it's you know, a huge honour, but the fans are the football club. You know, they were there long before us. They'll be there long after us as players. And you have to respect that, you know, a lot of them grew up around Talca Park. They've got amazing memories. It's, it's of huge, you know, significance to them. And I can totally understand um, the campaign. And, you know, obviously a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that the club had made a bid to buy the stadium. And hopefully, you know, from where I'm standing, hopefully what the two groups um, want can be the same thing and, and it can be achieved. And um, I think that's the ideal scenario for everybody is that, um, you know, Talca Park is obviously um, saved, but that Shelburne Football Club can remain there and, and as you said, uh, you know, can be redeveloped or improved upon because um, it's a special place and it's it's where the club belongs. And finally, Finn Harps on Friday, they, it's, it, you know, Adi Horgan, I know you probably know him from experience. He, he's once again delved into the transfer market. He's picked up players from, from obscure places and, they're 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 for once again they're they're looking for a, a push up the league table. It's going to be a tough match for you. Always oh, is, you know. Ollie Hogan's a top manager and he's done amazing things at Finn Harps. You know, every year they seem to have to do some sort of rebuild. Um, but, but he always you know gets results and um, it's a credit to him and his players. And you'll never ever get an easy game against them home and away. And you know they they're established now in the league for a few years and um, they'll come down. I'm sure. Uh, targeting this game wanting to pick up three points so uh like it's something we would say every week there's no easy games in the league Um home or away against everybody is a difficult game and they all ask different questions of you but you know we'll do our homework on them Um particularly the new players who might not be you know we might not be so familiar with but um we'll have a game plan and we'll certainly be going out to win the game luke listen thanks very much for your time and i know that it's it's great to talk to you again and of course, hopefully we'll talk to you later on the season, but the best of luck for the year. Thanks, Carol. Cheers, lads. Thank, Thank you. you. And that was Luke Burnham. My thanks to him and to Mikey, who came on in early in the show. I'm delighted to be joined by Dear McCarney, who is the host of Final Whistle Duddies uh, on the Final Whistle programme on match nights, where he gives a round-the-grounds uh, impact of what happens during the course of the game. Dear it's great to have you once again. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me on again. We've got a, a bit of a, a lot to look, go through because we had two series of games over the course of the uh, weekend, starting on Friday. Um, some big results happened there. Uh, Sligo Rovers came to, to uh, came to United Park, strolled through, 3-0 win. Would be seen as a very disappointing result uh, for Drogheda. Uh, Shelburne pegged and dog back to a 1-0 draw. 
UCD and Derry City was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch, whereas Finn, uh, St. Patrick's Athletic went up to Finn Park and they got a result in a very, very difficult place by, at the best of times. And Shamrock Rovers got the bragging rights of the Dublin Derby with a 1-0 win. Um, is the one game that stands out of those results there that showed, like, you know, this league, once again, we keep saying it every week, there's really still no kind of ebb or flow or real kind of edge given to any team yet. Is there one result where somebody pinned their mass a little bit? Um, I think I know you were just talking to Luke there. I think the, the Shelburne game against Dundalk, of course, you were watching that for us the, the last night. And, you know, it, it looked like it was a run of the mill. You know, Dundalk were going to get the three points, but Shelburne, to their credit, dug deep. They snuck the goal late on, managed to get the point out of it. They've done it a lot this season where they've gotten those results. Now, you, obviously, you mentioned as well there the UCD and Derry game. You know, that being postponed was great for a team like Shamrock Rovers who managed to get the three points because it put them back uh, toward the, the summit of the table. You know, for, for Derry, they've to, they'll have to play that game, you know, whenever we see the rescheduled game happening. But I suppose the, the other the other results, nothing really surprised me from Friday night. Sam Pats played very well up in up in Donegal against, against Finn Harps. I called that last week on the podcast as well. And I mentioned that, you know, Sligo are looking to the credit are looking well. They still remain unbeaten. A great result for them as well on Friday night. So I, I don't think Friday gave us many shocks, to, to be honest. I think it was kind of run of the mill. But Monday night, I think kind of definitely this season is looking to be a lot more eye catching and stressful on most of these teams than what we saw last year, to be honest. Uh, just a clarification here for everybody. I sh- I should have said it. Um, it's not United Park and Drogheda. I should know this. It's head in the game park. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that for everybody involved. In relation to the first division, uh, Galway United had a very strong result against Bray Wanderers. We just spoke to Mikey about that earlier on in the program. Cork City got the bragging rights at the Cork Derby, beating Cove Ramblers two 0 Treaty United and Longford Towns match was postponed. Um. This has been relayed on other podcasts. It's also been relayed on social media. It was called off extremely late and there seems to be a lot of arcer in relation to it. But obviously, um, you know, you, you can't you can't play foul of the weather. You know, you, you, can, you can only do so much. And then Waterford had a very tight result against Wexford. Um, I suppose Cork City's momentum is starting to take shape. That would be the big one and a, a big win for them against Cove. Yeah, you know, they, they've looked strong. The opening day, the 6-0 win against Bray, that was a great way to start your season. Their first home game was a defeat to their former manager, John Caulfield. And then after that, it was a scoreless draw with Longford. And you were kind of saying, you know, have we kind of bigged up Cork a bit too much that, you know, they, I suppose they struggled a bit against Galway. Now, it was only a 1-0 win for Galway in the end. They couldn't find the breakthrough against Longford for for the 90 minutes, but they've showed their feet in the last couple of weeks. And I think once they get those crowds coming in Turner's Cross, their attendances have been remarkable for a first division club so far this season. And the way they performed against Cove was fantastic. They've definitely started to find their feet and, you know, they'll be looking to build on those performances rather than say, you know, when we saw them, the way they played against Galway and Longford, that they just wanted to forget about those, take it game by game. And they've definitely shown it over the past few weeks, for sure. The game against Trinity United was called off quite late in the day. Um, do you think it was a case that they wanted to wait to the very last minute? Now, look, speaking from experience, I've been in grounds where it's been called off. 
So, you know, like it happened in Galway a couple of years ago. We were all sitting in our seats. It was delayed by 10 minutes and the game was called off. Like, I mean, this thing happens. I understand the fans did travel a long distance and one thing or another, but it it's just the way things go, unfortunately. Yeah, I suppose you do want to give every chance that a game is going to take place. You do want the games to go ahead. I suppose it is a head wreck for people to have to reschedule these games and you know, with all the postponements and... I guess it does depend on the surface. If the surface was there, thereabouts, and they were hoping that it could dry out and we could see a game take place, maybe. But I suppose weather can be temperamental and it could have gotten, you know, rain could have gotten heavier as a result of it. And then, you know, you're looking at it. I know Tom was there for us the last night and he had sent in photos of the pitch. And from where we were looking at it, it looked fine. But I guess the match officials, there must have been a puddle somewhere in the pitch that they couldn't put the surface on it. Now, earlier on the season, games have also been called off at the markets field because of an unplayable surface. And that wasn't down to the heavy rain. It was other circumstances. Their pitch looked to be a bit cut up in places. Um, now, I know they have tweeted for this Friday's game against Cork that it, it, it has passed the pitch inspection already this week. Mm-hmm. But the match officials, once they arrive to the markets field on Friday, they'll make the call on it again. So I don't know what's going on down there, but we have seen it. I suppose we had, we've had numerous games this year that have been called off 45 minutes before kickoff in both the men's and the women's leagues. I guess it's just, I don't know if, if it's down to playable surfaces just aren't good enough and up to standard in the league, or if it's just, it's the Irish weather just running amok as, as per usual. Bring back the summer league. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to turn our attentions to Monday. Uh, and as you were saying, this is where, how would we say, where the where the real action happens. Bowes and Shelburne sold out once again. Massive crowd, um, massive fire, uh, uh, pyro display from the Shelburne fans before the game. They drew, they drew one all. Promise Armature was speaking to Sean Crosby. He spoke of his disappointment of uh, of the draw. Derry City had a big win against Draha United, but we'll 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 delve into something, uh, an incident that happened. Well, not really an incident, but something that happened during the course of that game that's now been. Revealed Dundalk drew with Shamrock Rovers. Sligo Rovers got a big win against Finn Harps, three uh, one, and then St Patrick's Athletic um, best UCD. So, um, which game of those stood out for you? I suppose the, you were obviously you were in Oriel Park watching the Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers game, and Rovers looked frustrated. They looked frustrated for the game. Dundalk really gave it to them. I'm surprised Dundalk didn't actually get away with the three points in the end. I was watching it back and I was going, you know, this could this could be a game that it can swing either way, but I couldn't see Shamrock Rovers getting that breakthrough in that game. Um, obviously, Derry, of course, with the 2-0 win, that was a fantastic result for them. But I was I actually thought Shelburne were, were going to do it against Bowes. They looked stronger. They looked the better team. But I suppose similar to what they did against Dundalk on Friday, this time... They were the ones who conceded late on. Um, definitely a team not to, you know, how do I put it, right off so far this year. And of course, Luke did say it about, you know, Damien Duff getting the best out of his players. He's definitely getting the best out of them and definitely a manager that you shouldn't be writing off in his first season for for sure. Um, the Pats have have climbed up that table. Um it was a bit I wouldn't say it was a shaky start to the beginning of the season, but you know they've they've been really, really strong and all of a sudden they're top. You know, it's 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 exactly what you what you would you want from Tim Clancy. 
Yeah, I suppose St. Pat's kind of came out, came out of nowhere and said, you know, while the rest of the lads that you've tipped as the title favourites are fighting each other and taking maybe the odd point against each other and scrappy encounters, St. Pat's are now top of the table and they're looking to build on that momentum. They've done very well. Um, you know, another fine result for them the last night. Like they have looked strong. And while, you know, the squabbles at Oriel Park, uh, you know, it's a point apiece. Another team like Sligo have also seen themselves climb up the table into second place. You know, Sligo and St. Pat's seem to have just emerged out of nowhere over the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. and said, you know, I guess there's a it's now a five team race for the for the title of the European places. Um Sligo Rose have been very, very strong. Um, but Derry City, um, the win against uh Drahina was kind of marred by the news that came out. Michael Duffy made his long awaited return. Um he was taken off after I think thirteen to fifteen minutes. It now turns out that he's broken a tibula. Spoke to my, I, I personally spoke to Michael this week and, and sent him my best. But it's a massive hammer blow because whatever about Derry City, um, the league needs Mickey Duffy. The league needs Michael Duffy for his for his trickery, for his wing play. For He's an exciting player. He's dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's a massive loss for both Derry and the league. Yeah, Michael Duffy has been a fantastic asset to any team he's been with in the league, to be honest. He's he's one of those players that he's definitely put the league on a map. And he's one of those players that if you wanted to make highlight packages and promote the league around certain players, Michael Duffy has definitely been one of those. Um, and looking at for Derry, Kieran Harkin is also out for a long-term injury. Now you've Duffy sidelined as well. It's it's not been a good start. You know, when we looked at Derry so far this season, they've been playing well. They're playing some good, attractive football. But now you've got two very, very good players for them, important key assets of their squad, sidelined for the long term. But I suppose looking at the good sides, Jamie McGonagall is playing well as well. Like, yeah. He's been a fantastic asset for them. So I'm pretty sure they, they do have depth in the squad, but it's a, it's a hammer blow for them to lose two fantastic, experienced players within weeks of each other. Jamie McGonagall has just set the world alight, really, hasn't he? He's just been... Uh, but it just goes to show you that you need those kind of exciting players all the time. And every year there's a rising star. I know there's a lot of talk about Stephen Bradley at Dundalk, but Jamie McGonagall's do, getting his business done up in Derry and it looks like he could be a real asset to the to the league this year. Yeah, you know, definitely. And I suppose with the likes of Promise at, at Bowes as well. Of course, you mentioned Stephen Bradley. I think he might be injured at the moment. I know he didn't feature on Monday night. He wasn't named in the squad. No. But but you, you need you need those young, exciting players coming through for any team, just for, for the league as a whole to, I suppose, to have that development coming in. The clubs can have these, these young lads who can come through, develop, and then play at international level as well for us going forward. But to have, to have young, exciting players is always great for the league. To have, you know, you you have these clubs that can produce the talent. We can get the league to a higher standard with development in these players. And obviously if you have these exciting players, people will want to go the attendances. You know, you mentioned that the attendance for the Bowes game the last night, good attendance there, another good attendance in Oriel Park as well. It's great to see that the league has been in demands at the early stages this year. And hopefully it continues into the, into the rest of the season as well. Looking at the first division, Cove Ramblers had a win against Athlone. Um, Athlone are really, really struggling this year. Uh, it's It's been a tough start for them. Cork City beating Waterford would be a very big statement of intent. Galway United then beating Treaty United. Um, we spoke to Mikey about those results. And then Bray Wanderers be- defeating um, 
defeating Longford Town. So Gary Cronin went back to his old stomp or was playing against his old team and was come undone. Um, Cork City once again. Um, we 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 spoke about them just a couple of minutes ago. They like St Pat's have done their business quietly and now find themselves up near the top of the table. Yeah, you know, all, all three teams are currently tied at ten points apiece on the top, just separated by goal difference. And Cork City are the ones who are enjoying the best of the best of that. I suppose they've looked they've looked strong, three clean sheets in a row, including that draw against Longford. They have looked strong. Now we will see if they will go into action against Limerick this week, or will they end up having to face another week off without that? But They've done their business. They have, you know, we've just mentioned there about young, exciting players. They do have a couple of those lads coming through the squad. There is development in below in Cork for, for them to pick through. And as well, the attendances for both Friday and Monday to have attendances around the, the 4,000 figure. Now, that's fantastic for any club. Just a couple of days apart that they seem to just have that support down on Lee side this year. And if that can continue... You know, not saying that Waterford and, and Galway don't have the support, but Cork are definitely one to watch down in that division, whether they'll have to fight and be scrappy through the playoffs or whether they can be the ones who take the top mark would be interesting to see. But, you know, getting a win against your, I want to say, title contenders, title rivals in the form of Waterford and, of course, the Munster bragging rights as well, it's definitely promising for them. But, you know... No team in that division yet have kind of said, outside of the big three, can we snatch points? And like similar to what we've seen in the Premier Division, where we've now got maybe five teams who are all maybe are one to two points away. It seems to be the top three and then one or two teams in just trailing after that. Just looking at Waterford, Waterford currently sitting third. They've lost against Cork, they've drawn against Galway. It's, you know, while they've won their, 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 other, um, their other three games, reality um they would have wanted to have put a marker on those two games against Waterford and Cork and have and haven't really done that now while traveling to Galway and traveling to Cork at the best of times is difficult but for Ian Morris you know they're the kind of games that he needs to to really pin his mask so to speak yeah I suppose they have suffered you know they, they took a point from Galway but they looked far from it against Cork they were impressive on Friday night I don't know if they just couldn't fulfill the fixture, as in, you know, they couldn't put all their momentum into it, into the game against Cork the last night at Turner's Cross, whether it was just being down on Lee side, they just couldn't get the job done in the end. But, you know, they are, we're not going to write Waterford off anyway after the last night. They can definitely provide the results. But Ian Morris will know anyway. You do need to win these games as well as winning the other games in the division. He knows he's done it with Shelburne in the past. He knows what he wants from these players. He's a good crop of players to pick from. Whether they can provide um, the goods long term, it, it it's very interesting down in the first division to see out of those three, which of them can, I suppose, lead the race the longest, and which of the other two are going to be trailing them the most, or can they keep going, so to speak? But you know. It, both of the leagues so far have looked very exciting. It hasn't been run-of-the-mill, you know, you see Cork taking points off Waterford, you mentioned there. Galway took points off Cork. Teams are showing what they're capable of, but it hasn't been a one-horse race yet down in the first division, to be honest. 
or in the Premier. Mm. Uh, let's have a look at the fixtures starting with uh, this Friday, um, it's 7.45 unless it's stated. UCD are at home to Bohemians at 5 o'clock. Derry City are taking on St. Patrick's Athletic. It's the loud derby between Drogheda and Dundalk. Shelburne are at home to Finn Harps. Shamrock Rovers are at home to Sligo and that's a kickoff at 8 o'clock. Um, Loud Derby is obviously the, the big one that shouts out to you. Was there any other contest in the Premier Division that could be a potential banana skin or a big game that might prove to be fruitful? I, I think the game at, at Tallis Stadium between Shamrock Rovers and Finn Harps is definitely one that Stephen Bradley is going to be looking at with intent to say, you know, we've suffered the last couple of weeks. We need a big result here to show that we're we're still title rivals, title contenders, that we're still gunning for it. But you know, if Ollie Horgan can pull out a result against her against the current champions in Tala, that would be a massive result for him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if could you know can Derry can Sligo sorry and Derry. I think it's Dundalk as well. I don't I think there's four teams that are still unbeaten in the league. Yeah. Um, and can they continue their their charge? Look, can we see that it's not going to be the likes of Sean McGrover's claiming it again that the likes of St. Pat's and Sligo, who are the top two in the league, will they be the top two come Friday night as well? You know, there's there is a lot of games to watch there, to be honest. So, you know, Sligo, Dundalk, and Derry are all unbeaten. It's it's very it's very hard to call this league, to be honest. So far, it's it's been exciting. For yeah, it has it really really has. Uh, we're going to look at the first division fixtures uh, now coming up, and obviously there's a bye week. Um, so. I'm just waiting for them to come up on the on the on the teleprompter that we da- have down here on the bottom of the screen. So I, of course, will be in uh, United Park. So I'll be, or sorry, heading the game park. So I'll be looking forward to that. But as you said, Sligo, uh, Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers is going to be uh, a big game. Let's look at the first division fixtures. Seven forty-five, unless um, they're stated. Treaty United will be at home to Cork City. That's a three o'clock kickoff at Lone Town and Galway United. And then we've got Cove Ramblers and Bray Wanderers. Wexford will be at home to Longford Town in the last game. Suppose why we, we spoke about uh, at Lone and, and Galway, Wexford and Longford could be an interesting tie to look at. Yeah, I suppose Wexford were kind of going into Friday night. They were looking to be joined to top with, with with Waterford, they look to be a team that were just stating their intent early. And Longford haven't had, I suppose, the easiest time so far this season. They've had games postponed. They haven't had the the fruitful, I suppose, games that the other teams have. They haven't had the weekly experiences that they're like the likes of their opponents in Westford will have as well. Be interesting to see. Look, they have the capabilities. That's definitely. A game to watch. You mentioned Athlone. Athlone's form this year hasn't been great. Welcoming a Galway team who have looked strong and look like a team that can go all the way this year. I don't think it's going to be an interesting result for them. Now, the three o'clock game. If that is an ahead, interesting one. If it'll go ahead, <laughs> is going to be a question mark about that game. But you know, Treaty United still haven't played a game at home this year. This will, you know. Their, their home supporters haven't had a game to cheer at yet, so hopefully, you know they can get their first game at the Markets Field this year. But a Cork coming down there, they know what they want to do. It's going to be it, it's going to be a hard one to call the the fixtures across the division on on Friday. But 
you know, if Cork can get their performance right, they will want to pick up the win. They don't want to drop points if that game goes ahead, especially when Galway are taking on that Lowell. I don't, I can't see Athlone getting the result out of it unless they put maybe 10 men behind the ball for the, for the game and mm-hmm. hope that Galway just don't pierce that defence for, for a couple of seconds, maybe. But then looking at the likes of Cove and Bray, Bray as well haven't had the best of form. Of course, they got a victory the last night. That was massive for them. But Cove looked strong. Didn't look up to it against Cork um, in the derby on Friday night. But they have showed their qualities this year. They're definitely a scrappy team. They've been there, thereabouts over the last number of years. Um, but yeah, those those two games have definitely been are definitely going to be scrappy between Wexford and Longford and um, and Cove and Bray, to be honest with you. Let's have a look at the tables because they're very, very interesting. So our producer Braffney is going to show them up on the screen now, hopefully in just a couple of seconds. But as you said, there are three teams in the Premier Division that are currently unbeaten. Um, but St. Pat's top the pile on 12 points with Sligo Rovers following them in Sligo, uh, Sligo and Derry on both on 11 points each. Shamrock Rovers are currently sitting in fourth position with Dundalk in fifth and Bohemians two points behind them on sixth. Down the bottom, it's a, a, it, there's only one point that is separating Drahi United, Finn Harps and UCD. So at this moment in time, as you can see there, that Sligo and Derry both have a game in hand. So they could get some some movement in relation to that. In relation to Cork City uh, and the First Division, they topped the pile. Three teams on uh, 10 points each. That's Cork City, Galway United and Wexford. Then followed, um, sorry, Waterford rather, and then Wexford on six points with Treaty United on four. Obviously, they have games in hand. And then as you head down the bottom of uh, the league table, you've got Bray Wanderers on three points, uh, Longford on one. However, they are three games in hand. And then Athlone currently on the bottom with zero points. So that's how the league table's fixed going into this weekend. Dearman, I want to thank you very, very much once again for your insight. I will see you on Friday evening, hopefully, for Around the Grounds. But until then, uh, thanks very much for your contribution, as always. No problem, Kieran. Thanks for having me. And that was uh, Dear McCarney. And thanks very much for tuning in this evening. I really, really hope that you have enjoyed it. My thanks to Breffney Early, our producer, and of course to Luke Byrne and Mikey, who was on earlier on. Mikey, who was on earlier on from Galway United. I will see you next week. So wherever, whatever ground you're going to this weekend, really, really enjoy it. And of course, take care and look after yourselves. <laughs>